Once again, a reminder from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m., we are airing the last part of our three-part series on discrimination in Korean society. So if you recall, Wednesday, we focused on LGBT rights. Thursday, we focused on racial discrimination. And today, we will be focusing on gender discrimination here in the country. And we have asked you to uh, help us out in a survey this morning whether or not you support the feminist movement in Korea. You can text us. If you support the movement, text us the number one. If you don't support it, text us the number two. The number is pound 1013. That's a sharp sign on your keypad. Pound 1013 for 51 per message. And if you want to expand on your reason, if you support it, tell us why. Uh, If you are somebody who has suffered from gender discrimination, give us your experience. If you um, feel the feminist movement is harmful to the country somehow, if you feel that uh, men have maybe uh, been now uh, kind of uh, more uh, had an experience of reverse discrimination and uh, this fear that the Me Too movement has gone too far, tell us those reasons why. Uh, And uh, you can air those uh, opinions either in English or in Korean, it doesn't matter. We'll try to read it out for you. And we will, at the end of the program, select five of our listeners' uh, comments and give out uh, free coffee vouchers worth 10,000 won each. So text us at pound 1013. We'll continue that discussion throughout the show. We've got our news briefing right now, though, and joining us here in the studio is Salmi Sorang. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Big political news yesterday. Uh, Really, the entire uh, political world and uh, many, many people were uh, anticipating this uh, court decision um, by the Supreme Court. Gyeonggi Provincial Governor Lee Jae-myung, the uh, suspense is now over. He will indeed maintain his governorship after the Supreme Court ruled that Lee did not violate the Election Act. That's right. And with this, he can also keep his 2022 presidential election hopes as well. So this whole suspense thing, this case centers on two TV debates that were held during his gubernatorial campaign back in 2018. At the time, his opponent asked Lee Jae-myung, haven't you tried to hospitalize your older brother at a psychiatric hospital? To which the DP candidate said, I have not. Lee was indicted for having his now-deceased older brother forcibly admitted to a mental hospital in 2012. In yesterday's televised final hearing, the Supreme Court said Lee Jae-myung's comments during the debate did not amount to lying in violation of election regulations. Most of the justices agreed that while Lee Jae-myung may have been partially inaccurate or deliberately vague in his response, it was difficult to prove that he had actively propagated lies about his actions. A lower court had previously convicted the governor, sentencing him to a 3 million won fine, which, if left to stand, would have removed Lee Jae-myung from his Gyeonggi governor post and prevented him from running for public office for the next coming five years. Under Korea's electoral law, elected public officials lose their posts if they're fined more than 1 million won for a crime. Soon after the verdict, Lee Jae-myung wrote a Facebook post thanking his supporters and that the court ruling restored his faith in justice. Let's also hear a clip of him speaking to reporters as he was leaving the court.
Uh, he's saying he's already been uh, kind of doing the work of the people, right, in, in his mm-hmm. role as Gyeonggi uh, governor. Uh, as far as, uh, I think, the speculation about uh, whether he has maybe uh, further ambitions in uh, political life, he's saying that the people who are the real owners of uh, uh, Korea, uh, they will be deciding his mm-hmm. uh, next steps. And really, that kind of goes to the line of, This court decision being um, suspenseful and everyone anticipating it was that uh, he could probably be the key factor in this next presidential race in the Mm -hmm. sense that unless uh, and and we've seen kind of fits and starts and ups and downs for the ruling party and their supporters. However, uh, it has up till now looked like a bit of a sort of coronation walk for Lee Nak-yeon. The, the former yeah. prime minister who is mm-hmm. now a lawmaker and has been uh, for, for many years or at least a couple of years uh, the front runner uh, in most of these recent polls for mm-hmm. who would be the future presidential candidate. The one person, uh, maybe not even from the opposition side, that could uh, pose a bit of a threat to Lee n a g y e o n s dominance would be Lee Jae-myung. But the question mm-hmm. was this uh, legal matter of whether he would even be able to continue in office, his present office, and also be able to run for future uh, political office. So as of now, that still stands. Certainly, Uh, There are people there. He is a polarizing figure in the sense that his supporters are very passionate in their support Mm -hmm. and his detractors are also very passionate uh, in their criticism. So uh, can you give us a sense of the responses from the various political parties? Well, for one, the DP is relieved. Uh DP spokesperson Ho Yoon-jong welcomed the ruling, saying that Governor Lee did his best for the development of Gyeonggi-do province, including boosting the local economy, stabilizing housing for the working class, and strengthening basic income for the youth. She added the DP will actively support Lee Jae-myung's provincial government. Now, this is in contrast to the main opposition UFP's reaction, which questioned whether the top court's decision was truly objective and impartial. The Conservative Party spokesperson Pae Jun-young said in a statement that although the judiciary ruled Lee as not guilty on legal grounds, he is still guilty in political terms. Pae Jun-young added that, even so, it's fortunate that we're not left with a leadership vacuum in Gyeonggi-do, unlike the cities Busan and Seoul. Mm. Now, as for the Justice Party, spokesperson Kim Jong-chul said the party respects the top court's judgment and urged Lee Jae-myung to concentrate on working for the people in his province. And finally, Kung Min-ri-dang, People's Party, spokesperson An Hye-jin made a distinction, saying the judiciary ruling merely means that Lee Jae-myung's comments don't amount to a violation of election law, emphasizing that it doesn't mean the top court concluded that Lee Jae-myung did not lie. Pretty predictable um, responses mm-hmm. uh, following along partisan lines. Uh, the center-left uh, and, and the progressives uh, uh, a bit more uh, optimistic or, or welcoming of the uh, court decision and obviously the uh, center-right and the, and the right-wing uh, forces uh, more uh, critical of uh, what has been uh, uttered. Now, he is, uh, again, as I say, polarizing in the sense that uh, certainly the conservatives um, do feel that uh, he would be a threat in any upcoming election. And uh, we can even see that he has some... bipartisan support because his current uh, approval ratings in the uh, stewardship of Gyeonggi province, mm-hmm. especially after COVID-19, yeah. has him over 70% in, in some of these recent polls, meaning that uh, if you look at Korean society, there are some conservatives that actually approve of the job yeah. he's been doing. Uh, that being said, even within the party itself, there are some factions that um, perhaps are more critical of him, maybe the more kind of diehard uh, pro Moon Jae-in uh, mm-hmm. forces who are, uh, they've always had this rivalry. And so It's going to be a question of how cooperative uh, these uh, 
various uh, dueling groups within the ruling side will cooperate. He has said, and aside from the comments that we aired, he also said that he is going to do his utmost in the remainder of his term to make sure that the Moon Jae-in government uh, is successful. That being said, for President Moon Jae-in, this was very much delayed. It was actually unprecedentedly uh, delayed. This uh, traditional speech that the president gives to the opening of a, a new assembly in Parliament, and he did finally get the chance to to make this speech. Apparently, uh, painstakingly editing this uh, uh, address uh, over nine times, largely addressing the Korean New Deal, his big new Im- uh, initiative, which he thinks is the key to unlocking a new future. That's right, and that unprecedented delay that you mentioned—it was 48 days after the 21st National Assembly. Officially, uh, the term began on May 30th because of the bipartisan uh, partisan wrangling over the makeup of standing committee chairs. So President Moon Jae-in, he spent the bulk of his speech on overcoming the coronavirus pandemic mm. and also in promoting and asking for support in the Korean, uh, Korean New Deal. Now, with regards to the New Deal, Moon highlighted that the development strategy's aim is to change Korea's position on the world map saying that the digitalized uh, digital civilization and green revolution represent the future the entire world should aspire towards. He added that Korea will stay ahead of the curve and write a new chapter in history in which the country no longer languishes in the periphery and instead occupies center stage. And referring to the 160 trillion won sum, the president said that such a bold investment will open up opportunities in Korea to become an elite nation and dramatically upgrade people's quality of life and provide them with new job opportunities. Now, talking about the reaction from the different political Mm. parties, during his 30-minute speech, there were over a dozen bursts of applause from the DP party. Someone counted and the number was 18. Okay. Well, for the UFP, when Moon Jae-in mentioned the term cooperative governance, Moon Jae-in mentioned this several times, lawmakers from the main opposition yelled, let's govern cooperatively and also don't run a dictatorship. In a sign of protest, UFP members wore black masks and pinned a ribbon to their labels that read, condemnation of the Democratic Party's kapzil and democracy's collapse. Yeah, so you usually have this um, sense of decorum, uh, and different countries have different levels of what exactly constitutes uh, decorum when uh, public leaders speak. I know in, in Britain it is uh, much more of a uh, confrontational it's a witty yeah, debate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and in other countries like the U.S., it is considered to be more esteemed, that office, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't uh, have these uh, outbursts of uh, interruptions. There were, as you say, uh, two times where the UFP members actually did kind of what you could say boo or kind of um, uh, voice their uh, objections. It was during that one uh, part where he said cooperative governance. Basically, they deemed it as you guys are blaming us for all of the problems in parliament, but we think that you guys are actually kind of running roughshod over the entire operation. The other time that uh, you did hear some of the the boos or or protests was uh, when addressing uh, real estate policy, which Mm -hmm. has been kind of now universally kind of considered really uh, one of the... um, maybe more problematic aspects of the current uh, governmental policies, at least in not being uh, successful. And all of this has um, weighed down on on the president after flying pretty high uh, in the lead up to the uh, parliamentary elections in April, where he was Mm -hmm. uh, hovering around and above 60 percent approval. Uh, We've seen now 
미소랑 his approval rating dropped now to a 44.1%. Yeah, this is the lowest rating in nine months. And it also represents a 4.6 percentage point drop from last week. Now, the rating was commissioned, uh, the survey was commissioned by TBS and conducted by RealMeter and is based on a survey of 1,510 adults nationwide from this past Monday to Wednesday. The margin of error is plus or minus 2.5 percentage points for a 95% confidence interval. And the response rate was 4.7% and was conducted via phone. So that's the approval rating, 44.1%. The disapproval rating jumped 5.2 percentage points to 51.7%. So this is 7.6 percentage points higher than his approval index, a meaningful reversal that political observers here call a death cross. Now, for reference, Moon's lowest ever rating was 41.4%, recorded in the second week of October of last year. This was when the country was locked in political rifts over Moon's appointment of Chuguk as justice minister. So this so-called death cross seems to be affected by the suspicions involving the late mayor Park Won-sun, as well as Moon's policies, as you mentioned, mm. on the real estate market, irregular workers and also North Korea. So that's the president. Now, as for the political parties, the approval rating for the DP dipped to 35.4%, while that for the UFP rose to 31.1%. This 4.3 percentage point difference between the two parties falls within the margin of error, which is the first time since the UFP's founding that this has happened. So uh, for the UFP, uh, just uh, by virtue of Uh, standing pat and and letting things unfold and I I guess uh, target their criticisms in in certain ways and they seem to have found some pretty effective attack points, uh, namely the the real estate policies uh, as well as uh, some of these recent uh, controversies and and, uh, allegations uh, surrounding uh, misbehavior, uh, particularly uh, in regards to uh, sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and of course involving the late mayor Park Won-sun, that uh, they have seen their um, popularity rise to an extent now that uh, they're within the margin of error. Going Going forward with the president, though, uh, it will be uh, somewhat detached. As you see, there's always going to be a bit of a a, a cushion between his approval and and the uh, ruling party's approval, Mm -hmm. typically around 10 percent. And that's what we uh, see here right now. And apart from all of the other noise that's going on, it does seem like addressing some of these major issues, the economy, uh, how much that can uh, improve, as well as some of these initiatives like the New Deal, some of the reform measures like Mm -hmm. the prosecutorial reform with the independent commission and of course addressing this uh pesky uh, real estate issue those are all uh gonna probably determine uh how this uh approval rating and uh, popularity go going forward he's still not at that stage where you would think um it's danger of getting into a, a lame duck status oh, uh, yeah. but uh, uh still a ways to go and uh, certainly still uh, a lot can change in korean politics let's turn to um what we have been doing for quite a while, but uh, certainly overshadowed by a lot of the other uh, events here in Korea, and that is dealing with the pandemic itself. Uh, coronavirus, these numbers seem to be holding steady. What's the latest we have? Well, the latest number for the daily new patients, as confirmed by the KCDC yesterday, was 61 new patients from Wednesday, including 14 local and 47 imported cases. So this puts the country's coronavirus caseload at 13,612. There were also two additional deaths. 
So yesterday saw the largest number of imported cases in nearly four months, which included Korean workers in Iraq returning home and also Russian sailors who entered the country through a port in Busan. Now, the um, coronavirus itself, uh, there was that big hullabaloo about the WHO finally uh, deciding that, yes, um, uh, it can be airborne, the Mm -hmm. particles. Uh, Now, uh, we're seeing maybe more uh, empirical evidence, or at least anecdotal evidence, uh, in terms of these uh, samples that were collected at clusters in Gwangju. That's right. And one such sample was collected from an air conditioner at a mobile phone shop in Gwangju. This shop is where 10 people were infected. So there are converging lines of evidence that suggest coronavirus is indeed airborne. In addition to, now this is different from PIMAL or the large droplet Mm. transmission. So the main difference here is that airborne transmission means that the virus is carried in tiny droplets under one micron called aerosols. In addition to being carried in larger droplets, which are generated when you cough, sneeze, sing or talk. So what this means in practical terms in our day-to-day lives, is that you should still wear a mask even when you're not talking. Because some people think, oh, it's the large droplets. If I don't talk, there's no transmission because there are no large droplets. But um, because it can be transmitted, we're seeing more evidence that it can be transmitted via aerosols. It means that it can transmit if you're just breathing. Without even opening your mouth. Right. So still wear a mask and also ventilating uh, enclosed spaces because uh, if it's transmitted by aerosols, it can stay afloat in air for a very long time. And so when we've seen this example in Gwangju with the uh, air conditioner ducts and and some of the samples found there, it it does seem to confirm the suspicions that occurred over a few months back. There was that study done in Hong Kong, Mm -hmm. right, where that restaurant where there was a cluster infection and they, they did discover that there were some particles uh, emitting from the air conditioning uh, system there. That doesn't seem to bode well for this idea that uh, there would be a lull in summer and then we have to fear the the, uh, emergence, the re-emergence of a second wave in the fall and winter because if if a lot of people are staying indoors and in air-conditioned spaces Mm -hmm. and we're seeing transmission possible, especially with uh, non or poorly ventilated areas, uh, (laughs) it just just feels like there's no way to avoid this. Mm-hmm. One optimistic way to look yeah. at it is that the virus hasn't changed its characteristic. It's not suddenly become airborne. It has always been airborne. But now that we've found it, it means that we can come up with better strategies against it. Meaning, hopefully, that it will, we will see a lull soon. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, hopefully the government, which has been able to kind of react to these situations and come up with creative ways, uh, can do so here as well. Final bit of uh, news here is some interesting Uh, developments in the tech world are pretty controversial. Mm -hmm. Uh, A number of big names, perhaps uh, some of the biggest names in Twitter, at least in the U.S., uh, they had their Twitter accounts hacked yesterday in what is apparently a Bitcoin Bitcoin scam. That's right. Movers and shakers, names like Barack Obama, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, even Kim Kardashian and and her husband. Mm. Many more. They were all hacked with tweets asking for money appearing on their account. Uh, Now, the exact wording is different from person to person, but essentially the message was that for the next 30 minutes, if you send me $1,000, I'll give you back $2,000. Now, Twitter, they had to make a judgment call and they took the extraordinary step of stopping uh, many verified accounts from tweeting altogether. The company said that the hack was a coordinated attack targeting employees with access to internal systems and tools. 
Now, various names um, and numbers about how much was actually scammed, Mm. they have been thrown around. But right now, we don't know who the hacker is or how much he or she or they uh, made off with. I'm sure you're much more familiar with the cryptocurrency world than I am. But uh, I I suppose because for someone like me who has not been kind of enticed by getting into the game, but uh, Mm -hmm. there, I guess, are people who are vulnerable to being susceptible and saying, oh, Barack Obama tweeted this uh, thing where you can get $1,000. I I should send that uh, $1,000 over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Bitcoin scams, they have been quite common in recent years. I think it... uh, Praise upon the sort of the lack of uh, awareness about right. the actual and then problems. the enticement of get quick, r- yeah. Get, yeah, get rich quick mm-hmm. and uh, kind of make a quick buck, especially in these uncertain times. Bisorang, as always, appreciate it. We hope you have a great weekend, get some rest, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for having me.